weekend for us, and, and uh, we're going to have a really great day this morning. Really thankful for Chandler and, um, and what God's doing in his life and, and how God's changed his life. And, and we, we, were, we were going to baptize Hut at the same time, just didn't work out. And fortunately, though, we, we got it worked out to where Hut and Lennon will be able to uh, be baptized at the same time. So that's kind of kind of cool for them too and uh, so yeah praise the Lord uh, just really grateful for all the Lord's doing uh, obviously you see mine mine are not all of mine are here me and Ruthie we made it this morning uh, we got up and drove uh, drove from Dalton and my girls are Jordan just sent me a picture a few minutes ago and and uh, my girls are, are actually playing a college so showcase up in Dalton this morning uh, but it was cool they got up this morning and, and uh, they did a uh, they did a Bible study with their team, and so Jordan sent me a picture right before church uh, with that, and so I'm man I'm just really thankful that that uh, they're kind of taking the mission and owning it for themselves, and man it's a hard it's a hard deal to do that uh, amongst your peers at that age for sure, and uh, so they were telling me what they were going to do. We were talking about, we were up at like midnight. Uh, talking about what they were going to do last night, and uh, I mean they're 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 bearing down pretty hard for for a uh, for a group of softball players that goes to church every now and then. And I'm like, well, we we might ought to we might ought to dial it back. And Sarah's like, we're not dialing anything back. And uh, so Sarah's my kind of my hard nose when it comes to Bible stuff and and so she's like no we're not we're not dialing nothing back they'll get it I'm like man that's a lot of Bible verses she's like well that's the way you do it and um I was like well all right all right you you got me on on all points now so you just go do your thing and and uh so they text me and said it went great and uh so man I'm I'm just really glad uh grateful for what God's doing in their life and and just a lot of lives in in the church in general and uh, so, um, the last couple of weeks we've been, is, is this thing, is this, is on, okay. All right, the last couple of weeks uh, we've been in Luke chapter 15. And we started uh, two weeks ago with how to, we, we titled the message, how to, how to spot the slip. And in, in, in terms of, there, there's, there's a whole lot going on in, um, in Luke chapter number 15 uh, with, with lost things being found, with lost things being found. And, and I'm, I'm not going to go all the way back through where we have been, but if you go back and you look at Luke chapter number 14, it's very interesting how we lead into Luke chapter 15 because Luke chapter 15 leads in with Luke chapter number 14. Amen? And there's a lot of stuff going on in Luke Luke chapter number 14 in terms of uh, really hard sayings is happening. Like, like for instance, uh, you cannot be my disciple if you don't do this. So there's contingencies on whether or not you can be Jesus Christ's disciple. And what's interesting, when you get to chapter 15 and verse number 1, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says that the Pharisees and, 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 and the sinners all drew near to Jesus Christ. Like on the heels of all of that stuff that they were saying, all, all that preaching that Jesus is doing, 
all that hardcore talking that Jesus is, is, is spitting out there, then they all drew near. Now that's a weird deal because most of the time, most of the time, they're not drawing near to that kind of information. When they hear that kind of information, they're usually trying to get away from it. But they drew near to it. So what happens is, is now Jesus has got a crowd. He's got this crowd and, and, he, and he starts comparing lost things, things that are not found, things that are, that, are, that are not where they need to be, that are not in their rightful place, to things uh, that need to be in the rightful place. Does that make sense? So, so we've got, it starts out with a lost sheep and, and I know everybody in the room knows and has probably heard about the lost sheep. You know what? You know what? You know what the Lord does? He leaves the ninety-nine and he goes to find the one. And and and, and what's interesting? We're gonna we're gonna hit some of that in, here in just a minute. But what's interesting about that whole phraseology from Luke chapter fifteen and about about him using the analogy of a sheep is that in verse number seven he says, "I send you." that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, ready, uh, uh, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now I want you to make sure you get something. The emphasis is not on the shepherd going and getting the one and leaving the ninety-nine. That's not the emphasis being made. The emphasis being made is the one that repented over the 90 and 9 people that thought they needed no repentance. So the context of the scripture is repentance. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, go look at the coin. The very next one, there, there's, there's a lady and she loses a coin. She loses one silver piece out of the 10 that she had, which, how many of you understand, if you lose one, if you only got 10 pieces of silver and you lose one, then the one's probably pretty important, right? Uh, so, but she's looking for it. So she lights a candle. She's looking around for the silver, and she finally founds it. And she goes to her neighbors, rejoice with me. I I found that which I lost. Now, verse number ten, really important. Likewise, I say unto you, there shall be joy in the presence of the uh, of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, now again, we're we're in, we're dealing with an inanimate object in the coin. We're dealing with, uh, with, with the sheep that has no soul. And, and still, the illustration points to the, to the fact that God, that God understands and that we got to understand repentance is required. And, and, the, and, the, and the big deal, God is, it, there's, there's rejoicing, there's joy in the presence of the angels uh, of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, why is that? Why is that such a big deal? Well, we've talked about how to spot the slip. Now, whether you're the boy that left home, and we know what happened to the boy that left home. He left home and he went and sent his way into an absolute famine, and uh, and he comes back home. And then there's another boy in the story of the prodigal son. He has two sons. A certain man had two sons. And this other boy stays home, but his heart wasn't right with the father either. The Bible says that when he realized that he forgave his younger brother, that his heart was angered, that in his heart he was angered that his father forgave his younger brother. Now, 
Now, just to get where we're going, make sure you understand the first is a shepherd going to find a sheep. The woman, the second is a woman using a light and sweeping a house and seeking the treasure. But the third, this third one, is completely different because the emphasis here is about a son coming home. It's about a son coming home. You say, uh, remember, we're all, we're, remember in, in, uh, in verse number 10, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Now you remember what happened? The father and all of the people that were, that were underneath the father at this time rejoiced when the young man came home. Everybody, everybody remember, everybody that has been here, everybody, and, and if you hadn't been here, uh, just try to track with me so we're not here all night long, all day long. So, so they're, so they're, they're rejoicing, the, the, all of the father's workers, all of the father's servants, all of the father's hired hands, they're all rejoicing, and, and here's what happens, he says, kill the fatted calf, put a robe on him, cover up all the stench, cover up all the things, put a ring on his hand. My son that was dead, he's now alive. All right, so he's come back home. He's come back home and everybody is rejoicing. Now I want you to make sure you understand. Verse number 10 gives us a look into the, all right, so the angels of God rejoicing. Now we look down at the lost son and we can actually see the picture of how it would play out in heaven. When the son comes home and, and the father welcomes the son home and all of the people that are underneath the authority of the father are rejoicing along with the father that the son come home. Now, go back to verse number 7. He says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth uh, more than over 90 and 9 just persons which need no repentance. Now remember the young man that the young man that stayed home. Guess who he is? He's the 90, he represents the 90 and 9 that need no repentance. You say, how do you know that? Well, he's the he's the joker that looked around and said, I've served you all these days and I've never transgressed you one time. And yet you never killed the calf for me. You never threw me, you, you never killed a kid for me. You, you never gave me a kid. You never threw me a party. And I have been doing all this stuff and I've never transgressed you one time. What is the big deal? Well, here's here when, when we're talking about how, how do we spot the slip before we slip off? Well, when, when we look, when we looked at when we looked at the young man uh, that that left the house. He, he uh, brother, brother Charlie, do, do, do you have that outline on there or no? Okay, let's, let's go back to that outline. We're, we're going we're, we're to run through the top part of that, uh, that outline real quick just to kind of get us back up to speed on, on where we're going. Number one, he was blind to the goodness of the father. Now, this is the younger son and the elder son. This is the younger son and the elder son. They are both blind to the goodness of the father. One is blind when he goes out into the far country and the other stays blind when he's in the father's house. Now, now here's, here's, here's the point we was trying to convey in this whole thing. You can leave out of here and be blind to the goodness of the father and go to a life of sin. And you can waste Everything that the Father gave you in a life of sin, 
by not seeing the goodness of the Father while you're in the house. All right, That's one side of the equation. And then the other side is you can stay in the house and yet bitterness and hard-heartedness and anger and disgust and frustration and pride and self-righteousness will tell you that you are better than the ones that left and you too will miss out on seeing the goodness of the Father. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people, I've seen people just so wrecked by their own bitterness that there wasn't anything that God could do to make them happy. God could save their whole family at one time and it wouldn't make them happy. But you know what I found out would make them happy? It would make them happy if the people they felt were wrong got what they felt like they deserved. That's bitterness. That's hard-heartedness. That's, that's a heart that is set on vengeance. And God said, uh, on revenge. And God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Enoch asked me a question. I think it pertains real well to what we got to say this morning. Enoch asked me a question after church on, Sunday, on Wednesday night, and he said, can you tell me specifically why God don't punish wicked people? I said, yeah, I can tell you. It's not hard. You go to Hebrews chapter number 12, and I asked Enoch, I said, Enoch, die whoop other people's kids? And he just kind of looked at me. And I'm like, well, it's probably not a good idea. Because I've, I've told him plenty of times, so you keep on, I'm going to beat your tail. Uh, he, he just looked at me. He said, well, not yet. I said, Enoch, am I, am I generally going to whoop other people's kids? He said, no, sir. And so we work our way down through Hebrews chapter number 12, and, and we, we, come, we come to the verse where we, we're talking about God chastising his own. And if you are not receiving the chastisement of God, then you're not a son. But yet you're a bastard. You're a child with no father. And it kind of looked at me. He said, so, so what you're saying is, is, is God don't whoop kids that ain't his. I said, that's exactly what I'm saying. God don't, whoop, God don't deal with, with kids that are not his. Why? Well, because the Bible says they're already condemned. They're already dealt with. They're already in judgment. Their judgment has already been pronounced. What is their judgment? Well, in the shape they're in right now, in their sin, unfortunately, it is what we know to be death, hell, and the grave. But I thought about that. I thought, I thought about that in how we are we would rather get our own revenge on God's child than let God deal with God's child. But, but here, here's, here's what I want you to understand. You can't deal with God's children like God deals with them. I can't make God's children do anything. But you know who can? God. That's why he set up in this whole thing that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So, so if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. 
not everlasting life because you can't work to get to heaven. You're going to reap life everlasting. Uh, you're going to reap uh, life everlasting, not everlasting life. It's a big, it's, it's a big deal. But we're talking about this whole thing, and I, I thought to myself, man, ain't that the way people are when they miss the goodness of the Father that they would as soon take out judgment on other people. And then, and, and then, and then we talked about, uh, we talked, what, what's that second one, Brother Charlie? <clears throat> now this is the younger brother. He was sure that his way was a better way. He was sure that his way was a better way. Not many days after, the younger son gathered off and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, what's interesting is this not many days after. This young man already had in his mind that when I get the portion of goods that falleth to me, I'm leaving. I'm going. Not many days after. Now, the elder brother... The elder brother, he had a completely different mindset. Uh, go, go that next one, if you would, Brother Charlie. Uh, nah, we're, 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 the, the elder brother was sure that his way was the best way. Now, now the, the younger brother thought he had a better way, but the elder brother, and it's not on your outline, he was sure his way was the best way. What was his way? His way was judgment. Not only that, his way was Look at me, Father, I'm doing the right thing, and my younger brother is not. And then, number three, he told, uh, his pride told him things would get better. His pride told him things would get better. This is how you spot the slip. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Instead of going back to the father's house, he joins himself with the citizen of a country that he had no business being in to begin with because he said within his mind, things are going to get better. I'm going I'm to tough it out. I'm going to work through it. I'm, I, I know I can make it out here. I'm a man. I'm grown. I can do my thing. I'm going to work it out. Even though I know I'm not supposed to be here, I'm going to try really hard and I'm going to do everything I can to make it work. This is where the younger brother was. Now, in, in, this, in, this whole, in this whole arena, you've got the elder brother. And the elder brother, his pride told him that he deserved better. His, his pride told him that he deserved better. I, I mean, he tells his father, you never gave uh, me a kid for being faithful. You never celebrated me for being responsible. You never celebrated all my hard work. You never celebrated me doing what I should have been doing. But you did in his eyes. He was celebrating, his father was celebrating his son's sin. But now remember the context of the entire, of, of the entire uh, chapter of Luke 15 is this. The heart of the father is in sinners repenting. The heart of the father is in sinners repenting. Now, today I I I want I want to I, I want to deal with this whole thought process of, of what does the road to repentance look like? What does the road to repentance look like? 
All three of these parables are used to show us repentance. But the way this chapter is structured, it's really interesting because, as, as I said, the first parable uses sheep and a shepherd going to find it. The second uses coins and the owner's going to look for them. But the third one uses a son. But, but what's interesting is the father doesn't go and look for the son. Well, it's not the same structure, but, but it is when we're talking about sons. When we're talking about sons, it is because the father doesn't go look for the sons. You ready? The father is looking for the son. The father doesn't go to the hog pen. The father is looking for the, for the son to come out of the hog pen. You see, real repentance is not God going in the hog pen. It is me and you recognizing we are in the hog pen, but the father waiting on the other side of our decision. This is where the father is. This is the father is on the other side waiting on the son to have made a decision that the hog pen is not where I want to be. Now, again, just to make sure we understand this is a, this this parable is about one who knows he needs repentance in this parable and and, and then this is about one who doesn't know he needs repentance. This is about one that represents the sinner and the publican. This is about one that represents the Pharisee and the Sadducee. One that, that beats on his chest and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the other stands in the street and looks up towards heaven and said, God, I'm thankful I'm not like this sinner. There's two people in the story. But how does the road to repentance really work? How does the road to repentance really work? Well, I want you to see, number one, it starts with a hunger. It starts with a hunger. So what is, what is repentance? Repentance is a change of mind. Repentance is a change of mind. Somebody once said, do you believe uh, that repentance is required for salvation? I believe that if you don't change your mind about who you are, you can't be saved. According to the Bible. You say, well, you're one of those that believes repentance is required. Well, it depends. I guess it depends how you define it. I'm not talking about if you're if you are a drunkard, I'm not talking about getting sober. If you have a if you have addictions, I'm not talking about you not being an addict anymore before you come to Jesus. I'm talking about you agreeing with God that you are indeed a sinner and your addiction is, is just an after effect of the, of the real problem that you were born in sin. Now, repentance is a change in the way that you think about a certain thing. So, so uh, prior to my salvation, maybe there was a lot, I don't even remember how I thought about salvation or how I thought about myself. I thought I was a pretty good person at times. But, 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 but then I came to the conclusion that there was only one good and it wasn't me. So, so in the case of myself, I had to change the way 
I thought about me. I had to change the way I thought about Jesus Christ. So in the case of the prodigal, his repentance is based on, make, make, make sure you get this, his repentance was based on what had been feeding him before had now left him empty. What had been satisfying the prodigal son for so long, for, for all of this time in the far country had now left him empty. The Bible says when he came to himself, guess what he was? He was empty. When he came to himself, when, 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 when the prodigal son, in verse 17, when he came to himself, whatever he had in the past had no longer the power to fulfill him. Why? Because it ran out. I want to say I was a lot like him when I got saved. Whatever had been feeding me all them years finally ran ashore. Whatever had been feeding me for, for all that time. And look, I can look back since God saved me and I can see there's been plenty of times that I had been feeding on things that were sustaining me in the moment. You ready? But they ended up leaving me empty. This is where the prodigal is. This is, where he, this, is where he, this is where he's at. You, how, how did he get here? Well, I want you to make sure I want you to make sure you understand that his father, when, when, go, go with me, look in um, look with me in verse number 11. And a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said unto his father, "Give me the portions of, a portion of goods that fall to me." And he divided unto him his now this is a really important word right here, his what? His living. This was what this man was living on. And guess who else was living on? The younger brother. The younger brother was living off the father's living. It wasn't off his living. That, that, that what he got, the portion of goods that fell to him, was not his living. The portion of goods that fell to him were the father's living. It is the life-sustaining power of the father. The father had life-giving power to the younger son. Now what's interesting about this is that when you, you go and, and, and you look in... Uh, Look in verse number 13, and not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his what? His substance. Now, that's a really important word, too. Because the father had a substance, and the son, I mean, the father had a living, and all the son had was a substance. The father had a living, and the son, all he had was the ability, ability to sustain himself off of the father's living. Now, I want you to think about this with me for a minute. How many times have you in your own power got good 
You got, I mean, you got to a good spot. You know, Brother Daniel, the worst place a Christian can be is in a place where it's all going good. You know why? Because some, for some reason we forget that the Father was the one providing the living when everything was going bad. When everything was, was when we were babes and we couldn't feed ourselves. This boy forgot that when he couldn't feed himself, his father was the one that fed him. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't have a living anymore. A living is, is something that's made every day. A substance is a one-time thing that we have. So the boy is no longer living under the ability that the father has to fill him each and every day. And what happens? One day he looks around and he couldn't feel himself anymore. He couldn't feel himself anymore. He couldn't enjoy life anymore. He couldn't enjoy. He, 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 one day he looks up and he wastes all of his substance. His brother said he wastes his substance on harlots. Bible says it's righteous living. He wastes everything that the he wastes the living that the father made. He now has turned it into a momentary substance, and he wastes it all. And so he has this big epiphany. I'm I'm going to go join myself to a citizen of the far country, the place in which I wasted all of my substance to begin with. Ain't it weird how we do? That we get out in the world and we get out in a place of sin and we get out in a place to where, man, we, God, was, God was feeding us and God was fathering us and God was giving us and then we get out there and we forget where the feeding and the fathering took place and we're like, well, I'm already out here. I might as well join them. You know what happened? He got out there and he substituted his father with the father of the far country. With the man of the far country. He now has a substitute that stands in his father's place. And he says, here it is, I will give you a job. You can join yourself unto me. And I'll give you a job. Now, it won't be much of a job. It won't be like what you had at your father's house. It won't be, it, you, won't have what God, you won't have what the father gave you. But, but I'm going to let you feed pigs. What happens is, in this whole process is verse 14 says, There arose a mighty famine in the land. In the land of the place that he joined him, uh, 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 joined his own self to a to a man of that far country. There, there's a famine that arises, and so he joins himself to a citizen of that far country. Now, he runs out of money, and he decides to feed himself with a living of a man. That's getting his living from the far country. I, I want you. I want to say something to you right here. You will never be happy once you've experienced the joy of the Father. 
Once you've experienced living in the power of God and living in the will of God and living with the closeness of the Father and living with the Father's heart being about you, you can go to that place, but it'll never fill you. And what happens is, is most people end up dying in the far country. Because they're so prideful, they'd, they'd rather be hungry and join themselves with a man that's got them feeding pigs in a hog lot as they had go back home where their father really had something for them. He tried to sustain himself. But it didn't work. The only, only his dad could give him what he so desperately desired. The Bible says when, <clears throat> when this young man came to himself, he asked the question, how many hired servants of my father have bread, have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. So, so he gets it in his mind, I got to get back to dad's house. And so, so, so number one, it starts with a hunger. Repentance, the road to repentance starts with a hunger. And then number two, <clears throat> number two, it's fueled by humility. It's fueled by humility. <clears throat> Verse 18, look what he says. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants <clears throat> humility has now taken over it is his repentance is being fueled by a heart of humility and 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 this humility starts out with the father i have sinned against heaven father i have sinned against heaven i've sinned against god and i've sinned before thee and and then he says in verse 19 and am no more worthy to be called thy son. So, so here it is, this young man's repentance. Now, he, he, he to start with, he didn't want to be in the father's life anymore. To start with. Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And there, remember what happens not many days after. He takes his journey into far country. He didn't want to be in the Father's life anymore. And now he wants to be in the Father's life again. But he's singing a different tune. What happens with repentance is we start realizing who our Father really is. And we see, guess what? Deserve to be called your son. I, I left out of here and I was so I was so rude. I was so ugly. I was so mean. I was so hard-hearted. I was so hurtful that I said, Dad, you're not even dead yet, but give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Dad, you're as good as dead. 
and then, he, and then repentance kicks in, a change of mind kicks in, which leads to a change of action, and he goes back to the house, and on the way home, he has this thought process, I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to tell him, man, I, I, I wouldn't call me your son if I was you. I would not call me your son. I'd make me as one of the hired servants. Just, just, just treat me like the hired servant. Don't treat me like a son no more. Here's what repentance does. It sees how wrong they were when they skipped out on God to begin with. And then God's like, all right, all right, I want you back. Why? Well, because, remember, because God leaves the 99 and goes to find the one. Why? Well, because he's tickled, slapped to death, and all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repenteth over 99 just people. Remember, remember he, he's got this one coin that we're looking for in the house and that we're sweeping for and that we're lighting candles for and that we're looking for, seeking for diligently. Why? Well, because he's tickled, slapped to death, and so is heaven over one sinner that repenteth over all these other that need no repentance. And so when you come back, when they come back, when people come back when we come back here it is our, our, our thought process is I didn't deserve to be your son to begin with it's fueled by humility it's fueled by a heart that is so humble before the Lord father I will serve you but Father, I'm just going to do it as, as a hired hand. Just, just, just. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do it as a hired hand. I'm, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just, just, just. Everything be fine. If you'll just give me some room and board, and if I can just be in your presence, I'll be okay with that. You ever been there? Ever, ever, ever been so low that you were just like, God, if I could just get back. Man, I can't tell you how many Christians I've stared at across a, across a lunch table, across a dinner table, across, across my desk. I said, man, if I could just get back. And you know what the crazy thing is? Nobody is holding them back but them. Man, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to pour any pour any salt in the wounds, but I I remember I remember when when Miss Dillon, everybody sees Miss Dillon now, God's blessing her. And God she's in discipleship with, with my wife and, and God is using her in some crazy ways and God's raising two uh, tremendous boys by her. And I, I think I think at least one one of them we hope one of them both of them's gonna be preachers. We we're hoping one of them don't end up in the chain game. We, we don't know who that is yet. But well <laughs> But but I I can remember when Miss Dillon's story wasn't that. I can remember when sin had 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 taken a time, and it was I just don't know how to get back. And you know what ends up happening? The only person that was keeping Miss Dillon from getting back was Miss Dillon. You know what 90% of the people's, you know what 90% of people's problems is? The only person that can't forgive them. Now look, there's going to be that elder brother. But we'll throw them out on their heads. Amen? We got the power to do that. 
we, we get to throw the elder brother out on their heads if they get crazy. Amen? Everybody, everybody understand that? Oh, we make them real uncomfortable, they leave one. But here, here's, here's what most people's problem is. The only person that can't forgive them is themselves. They're so messed up in their head that they, they, they're, they're like this boy. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. And so what ends up happening? Look, look with me in, 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 in verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven. Now he's all that stuff he was rehearsing on that road back home. He said, And in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. Now, now look, look, look what ends up happening in verse 22. But the father said to his servants. The road to repentance starts with a hunger. It's fueled by a heart of humility. But it is consumed with compassion. It is consumed with compassion. Look, look what happens in verse 22. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Well, I said, the father doesn't. Go looking for the son. Because the son still knows where the father's at. If there's one thing the son knew about the father is that the father would always be where the father's always been. And it seems like we get this spiritual amnesia at times. That we forget where the Father is. Where is the Father? He's the last place you left Him. What's going to happen if I go back? Well, well, if, 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 if we're going to use Luke 15, when you go back, the Father is going to go to you. The Bible said when He arose and came to His Father, well, He was yet a great way off. Here, here's, here's how I picture this scene going down while he was yet a great way off, while he was way on down the road. I think of it like that old, old, old Ferguson place I used to live on, old dirt road, and you could see all the way from my house to the cemetery. And I can just imagine as that young man come hobbling over that cemetery hill and maybe that father sitting in his front yard and watches that boy come across that hill and said, there he is. I've been waiting on him. I've been trusting he was coming back. And what does he do? He girds up that road and he runs to him. He runs to the sun. He goes to where the sun is. The sun is probably still wrecked from the hog pen. We know that he's probably a little bit lighter than when he left because he'd been in a famine. We know that he probably looks like like he had been in a far country and the father's obligation could have been one of the stain 
could have been one of ridicule. It could have been one that was, that was hard-hearted towards him. But what was it? It was a dad that fell on his son's neck and kissed him. He was just grateful he came home. And it's crazy. It's crazy how we are. Man, man we, we, get, we get so out of kilter and we think God would do the same thing we would do. And here's where you know where your heart's at. You'll be able to tell how long suffering you are. By how easy it is for you to come back to God. You hear what I'm saying? You will be able to tell what kind of person you are in terms of long suffering. If you can cipher out in your own heart how easy it is for you to come to God. Because most people that don't have much long suffering to them. They feel like God don't want to be long suffering with them. Well, God just hates me now. God's just angry with me. He's never going to do this. He's never going to do that. Man, I, you know, I, there's no way I can go back after all the things I've done. Man, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, I'd just be out witnessing to people, be out talking to people. Well, I used to go to church, but there's no way I could go back. And the whole time, the Father stands in that, in that driveway, in that yard somewhere, and is waiting for that person to top that hill. covers him up he put he covers him up with a robe this young man get 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 what's being said brother Dan you can come play that piano this is what he this is what this is what the father is doing but look and see what the father's doing he puts a robe he puts the best robe on him he covers this boy up what he'd been covered up with, with before, he now covers him with, his own, with the father's own garment. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because it's to show the son whose son he really is. And not only the son to show whose son he is, but all those looking around at him need to know that this is my son. Doesn't matter what he smells like. It doesn't matter what he looks like. It don't matter how hard life was on him. What matters is that he came back. What matters is that he was in a hog lot and when he came back, to himself. Man, I can't help but think about all the stories. The, 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 the best people that God's ever gave this church were people like this boy right here. There are people just like, and listen, you know who the best people 
You know, the best people are to raise people for the glory of God in his church. It's the people like that prodigal boy. I, for real, I'm I'm so serious. Like, there ain't many people that my wife would ever let my kid go with along. And y'all two boys is just close to just the only couple outside that's got my last name, and ain't many of them. And, and ain't many her, ain't many her last names either. I mean, they just there's few and far between. But, but you know, you know, you know who the best ones to raise my boy is. One that one that would say, man, I wish you could have seen the father run to me when I came out of the. I know it sounds crazy. One of these days, you're going, you're going, boy, youngest boy, you're going to get older, and you're going to sit him down. And you're going to tell him exactly what the hog lot was like and how when you made your way, there wasn't no shame, there wasn't no guilt, there wasn't nobody trying to put you on a trip to get you into something. That No, what was it? It was the Father running to the place that you were in your moment of need. Do you know what I found? There's, there, there, there's this fourth deal. There's this fourth deal in this whole thing. It is despised. Repentance is despised by the proud. People are going to despise. Proud people are going to despise repentance. Why? Because they're the 90 and they're part of the 99 just persons that need no repentance and in these mugs can't stand a person that gets a hold of real repentance. Why? Because they can't see their own sin. And when you can't see your own sin, the only person that you got to now be mad at or be hateful to or be angry against is the person that does see their sin. But see, this, 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 this elder son, he's angry because he couldn't see his sin. He could see his brother's sin, though. Man, it's so funny. I get myself in trouble a lot of times. But I get myself in trouble more times than I want to by forgiving people. Giving up, giving people more shots than what other people feel like they deserve. That ain't a pat on my back. I just know how many shots I got. I got this little old girl. I got this little girl plays ball for me. She's senior. She graduated in May. Best ball player I've ever laid my eyes on. Man, she's 
as fast as Grease Lightning. Just one of the best outfielders ever ever stepped foot in, in outfield. She's done me dirty twice. <laughs> I'm talking about dirty. She's got a bad, got a little home life. It ain't what it needs to be. She's done me dirty twice. Two times in the last three and a half years, she's done me dirty. It's last year I told her, I said, she said, I want to come back. She said, I said, well, we're all going to have to go eat, and you're going you're gonna to have to apologize to the team. You're going to have to apologize, and did all the stuff. And you know what? She did all that. We went to eat, we went to eat Mexican joint here in Dallas. She, she's, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, she apologized to the team, said, I'm sorry. She even asked them if she could come back. And all these kids love her to death. They're like, yeah, we want you to come back. Man, I was standing there yesterday, and, Went to eat last night at, uh, after ball games, and those little girls got tears welling up in her eyes. And her brother, her brother is is here. Her, no, she ne- she's not had one fan. No, she, I'm, I'll take that back. Two two tournaments ago, she had uh, she had her dad, who she's seen, who's been in her life about the last year and a half or so. Up till then, not a parent has showed up in the last year and a half, two years to a ball game. Not one. And, and and she looked at me last night, she said, thank you for letting me come back. And I said, well, Eddie, this ain't got nothing to do with softball. I said, this has got to do with Jesus Christ. And you know, they say you're not supposed to mix all that and this. Well, I've been mixing it for like the last four years, and it's paid off really well for me. She said, what do you mean? What does Jesus have to do with any of this? And I I got the opportunity to witness this little girl, which I've been looking for for a long time. I've been looking for the open door, and I got to witness to her brother, and I got to witness to her brother's girlfriend about what? about just how long-suffering Jesus Christ is. The proud are going to be despising it. The proud are going to be angry with it. The proud are going to be hard-hearted. The proud are going to say they don't deserve it. And you know what? You're right. They probably don't. But did you deserve it? Did you deserve God forgiving you? Did you deserve God coming to where you was and saving you? Did you deserve God giving you grace and God giving you mercy? Now all of a sudden you got grace and you got mercy. Now all of a sudden you you feel like you deserve it. You didn't feel like you deserved it to start with. And now you feel like you deserve it. Come on, man. Let's get real. This ain't God, this ain't Jesus Christ that we know. This ain't how God works. There's a road to repentance that every one of us will have to travel. It's going to start with a hunger. It's going to be fueled with a heart of humility. But make no doubt about it, it will be consumed with compassion. And the hardest part is it's going to be despised. It's going to be despised by the proud. 
Brother Chandler, if you would, you come on. You can come get ready if you would for me. Let's do this. Every head bow. Brother Chandler's going to go get ready. I, I, I'd like, I'd like, just take a minute. Now, I, I wonder, Brother Daniel, he's going to sing, he's going to sing a, a chorus. But before he does, I wonder how many of you in here, you say, man, this morning has opened my eyes to help me see maybe there. This, 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 what, what's been fueling me, what's been filling me is actually, it's been me empty. And I've been wondering why I can't get full, but I'm empty. I wonder, would you, would, would, would you be honest enough with the Lord? You say, man, I want you to pray for me. Don't come to me. I just want you to pray for me. The thing that I'm trying to get to fill me, I, I just want you to pray for me. It, it ain't filling me. I'm empty. Would you just slide your hand up long enough for me to sit? I just want to pray for you. All right? All right? I see that one. Yeah. Just be honest. I'm just going to pray for you. Amen. Maybe you're in here and you say, man, if I die right now, I'm not even sure I'm going to heaven. Listen, Brother Daniel's going to sing. You say, I don't have any assurance of my own salvation. I, I, I remember sitting back here in this office with Chandler, and same deal, light switch goes off. And, and, and God does a work in his heart. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Say, man, I've skated around this thing long enough. I need to be saved. This morning, I, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. Brother Daniel's going to sing. Before he sings, I'm going to pray. After I get done praying, you want to, there's, there's already some in these altars. You, you want to you do any kind of dealings with the Lord. Any kind of dealings at all you want to do with the Lord. Let me encourage you to do that this morning. Father, I love you. And God, I thank you for giving us a place that we can come and, and, and God, you can show us some truth. And God, you can change our lives with that truth. God, I pray this morning, Lord, with everything within me. God, for somebody in this room lost, I pray, God, that you show them they need a Savior. God, and if they are indeed saved, God, would you, would, it, it, maybe there's somebody in here and they are uh, feeling themselves with things that just can't sustain them in a long time. God, would you help us this morning? God, would you help them? Would you bring them closer to the Father today? In Jesus' name, amen.